Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. Do you consider yourself spiritual but non-religious? Agnostic? Or maybe you grew up in a church but don't believe what you were taught there anymore? This podcast exists in that space between all-in or all-out religion. Join us in asking questions that challenge the notions of Christianity. Hi, welcome to Challenging Christianity. This is Rebecca Kinnestrand. Daniel Dadashi is with me, and we have Pastor Mike Anderson as our guest today. Hooray! Yay! Yay! Um, just a little bit of housekeeping. If you're listening to us on iTunes, iTunes, please rank us. Five stars, please. <laughs> It'll allow other people to find us and um, be able to listen in, too. Um, beyond that, we're going to talk about something that I just learned about today, and I actually need to turn it over to Danielle because she said something to me about something about a sanctuary, something, and I said, what, you know, and it's like, Amber says, what? <laughs> and, uh, I didn't know what she was talking about, but I guess it's been big in the news. Danielle, tell us what, what, what's going on. Well, I thought we should talk about the fact that the ELCA, which is the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which is the wider church body to which we belong, mm-hmm. our denomination, we talked a lot about denominations in the past, uh, they're having their big meeting and coming up with the future of the ELCA, the future direction of the church. And they uh, passed uh, a referendum, I believe is the word, for uh, that the ELCA became the first denomination to become a sanctuary church. Oh, yeah. You said sanctuary church. And I said, Amber says, what? <laughs> I was like, what? Well, and you might have seen it if you've been on Facebook. It was all over CNN and Fox News, mm. MSNBC. Uh, here in Seattle, it was the cover of the Seattle Times that the ELCA has made this big decision. So it's been kind of in the national news uh, because the immigration and, um, and migration topic has been in the news so much. And this is the first big Stance that an American church has taken in the immigration debate. Okay, so what's the stance? The stance is that the ELCA has uh, determined that we are a church body that works with immigrants and migrants, that the health and well-being of immigrants and migrants is central to our faith life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe they also included language around providing resources and information to congregations who are looking to become sanctuary congregations. Wow. Is this going to become illegal or is it illegal? We're in the very beginning stages of what's been going on. So huh. it, it makes me wonder about what it means to be a sanctuary church. Mm-hmm. The history okay. of that, all that. I've kind got of a stuff. lot of questions Me with too. regard to this, and it brings up a lot of thoughts. I want to bring Pastor Mike in, though, and what are your thoughts on this recent news? Well, thank you for including me again today. Um, I am not an expert in sanctuary um, issues, so I can just share my sure. personal perspective. That's all we've some, got. <laughs> some of the history that yeah. um, I've got from uh, studying scripture. So sanctuary uh, movement recently has referred to uh, cities, municipalities, organizations that refuse to cooperate with ICE, um, Immigration Custom Enforcement. And they will not turn over undocumented uh, migrants to ICE or cooperate with them trying to find people they deem as illegally here. So that's the, the present 21st century understanding of sanctuary. Right. 
So the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, of which Holy Spirit Lutheran is one church, there are 9,000 churches and 3.3 million ELCA Lutherans, has determined at their triannual meeting, once every three years, there's a big assembly, that we will be a sanctuary denomination. What that means, I believe, no one's quite sure. Um, it is a well done. <laughs> it is a statement to our society, however, that we as a national church uh, stand on the side of the most vulnerable people in our midst. That even if people have to be sent back or even if people have to go through a certain process, they should be treated with dignity and respect care, uh, especially children. Um, I think the mm. issue of children being separated from mm. their parents and placed in big detention centers that um, don't have toothbrushes or soap or mommy. showers and mommy and daddy <laughs> mm -hmm. has just appalled us. And one way for us to say that should stop is to say we are now sanctuary that we disagree with our government and what they're doing with these people. Not the fact of whether it's legal or legal, but how we treat vulnerable people. Mm. And so that's what's going on right now. Uh, taking the word sanctuary, most of you out there probably know the sanctuary is a word that comes from the church. Um, the sounds churchy. It sounds churchy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I'm not sure what it is, but yeah. it's something something in a yeah. church somewhere. Yeah. Well, there's a there's I can I'm, share a little bit of Old Testament. I don't think history. I'm allowed to go to the sanctuary. That's what I would think. <laughs> the sanctuary is not a place I'm allowed to go. I, I got news for you, Rebecca. You go there all the time. <laughs> oh, really? I do. That big room where we worship. I think it's different in the Catholic Church. I'm not allowed to go into okay, the sanctuary. Let me just I don't know. Teach both of you some things here. So, Danielle grew up in this church, and we have in this church an altar on a platform, but it has no fence around it. Mm. In some churches, you will have an altar up front, usually up a number of steps, with an altar rail in front. Oh, yeah. Beyond the altar rail is the sanctuary proper. Yes. The sanctuary See, is See, I wasn't allowed to go there. <laughs> Sorry, Danielle. Sorry, Danielle. So, I go there all the time. Yeah. Not yeah. in this one. <laughs> so, Danielle, where I grew up in a Lutheran church, it was built on this steps, altar rail, altar. And I would not be allowed to go beyond <gasps> the altar rail. Like Rebecca, who grew mm. up Roman Catholic, mm -hmm. that place was holy. That's where God was. God lived there. And the in dude, that space. and the dude who was, you know, preaching, he could go yeah. there, right? The dude. Yeah, I'm specific on dude. On right. dude. Okay. <laughs> the dude could go there just to make the offering to the God. So the yes. dude would preach from the pulpit outside the sanctuary. Yes. Inside the sanctuary was the only place where the priest could go to offer the bread and wine to God as a sacrifice to God, mm -hmm. again, to assuage God's anger and guilt. And we talked an entire podcast about that. Theology. Yeah, anger and guilt, other podcast, okay. Yeah, other, <laughs> other podcast. But the sanctuary developed into a place that was so holy that people could not go to enforce either their vengeance or the law. So it was a place so holy that someone who was fleeing violence could go there 
and be safe. And in the old days, an altar was actually a place where animals were sacrificed. Mm -hmm. And there were little um, bumps of stone that came up on the four corners. And those were called the horns of the altar. And if you needed refuge from someone who was chasing you, um, either legally or illegally, you could go grab those horns and that person would stop. He could not go near you. And that was a common cultural assumption that you cannot go into that place. It's base. That's yeah. You're on base. Well, <laughs> you're on base. That's, I never thought of that. Yeah, you're on base. You're safe. You're safe. You're, you're safe on base. Yeah. yeah. We could change the word to base. Right? Home base. Home, home base. base. Yeah. Well, home my, base Lutheran Church. Base. My mom doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can tell this story. As a child, I learned about the concept of sanctuary because my mom did not replace her car tabs on time multiple times. <laughs> And if she would see a police officer, she would pull into a church parking lot <gasps> and say, I'll just claim sanctuary oh. if the police officer comes after Are me. Are you serious? Dead serious. Really? So, Danielle, you didn't grow up with that concept, but that is absolutely what I'm talking about here. That's exactly that, it. That you cannot go into a church to claim someone. So either the law or if there's some outlaw that's chasing you, the outlaw would also stop because the church was so holy, and especially the place behind the altar rail, right. so holy, you can't go there. That's sanctuary. In fact, it's also rooted in the book, a chapter in the book of Leviticus where the nation of Israel set aside cities. An entire city, village, would be a sanctuary village mm. where people could go and not be pursued by the law. Hmm. So that is another aspect, and they call it. They call it Australia. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what did they call it? Dude, how do you think? That? I'm just yeah. Yeah. That that's way. just Rebecca. Yeah. So that's a little history to the word sanctuary. It has to do with that holy place where God is near the altar, also rooted in a place where people could go when they're fleeing violence or oppression or even the law. They could go and be immune from the law. Mm. And so now today, that word has been used in a secular way to describe, as I said, municipalities or cities that will not cooperate with the law as it comes to pursue um, undocumented migrants. Now, my question is, are people still physically claiming sanctuary in churches today? Yes. Yes. There is a Lutheran church in downtown Seattle called Gethsemane Lutheran that housed an undocumented migrant for close to a year. That person has recently left. As soon as he left the church, he was arrested by ICE. So that does happen today. There are churches around the country that are actually housing migrants who are undocumented, who are being pursued by the law enforcement agencies. Um, this is not the only time in history that's happened. Back in the 1980s, that was very prevalent. There were a lot of people from Central America in the 1980s and early mm -hmm. 90s who were fleeing violence and mm -hmm. fleeing um, gang activity at that time and war. There were actually mm -hmm. civil wars yes. going on. Mm -hmm. And they would come to the United States and the government would try to send them back and sometimes they would take up residence in churches and the government would not go into the churches to take them out. Mm -hmm. So. The ELCA, our national church, saying that we're a sanctuary movement. Um, wow. Does that mean we start Open housing? the doors, yeah. That's the big question because this was a bit of a surprise to all of us out here who did not <laughs> go to the National Assembly. We will now be trying to figure out what that means for us. In fact, 
our church, Holy Spirit Lutheran Church, uh, will be hosting our own bishop here on September 15, 2019, to talk with us about what this means for us as a local congregation. Okay. And any listeners, if you hear this before that date, please come September 15, 6 p.m., uh, Sunday evening with our bishop to talk about what does sanctuary mean and how are we to live that out. Mm. Yeah, that is important. I, what do you say to people, though, who are like, you shouldn't be, people are here illegally, and they should be arrested and deported, period. Are you, is that a rhetorical question? Are you actually No, I'm asking actually you? asking you if I were so a person. So this is purely, like, purely my opinion. So this sure. is not anything uh, from the church policy, uh, either our local church or the national church. That's his disclaimer, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> my personal opinion is that um, if treat, people are treated with dignity and respect um, and they are confronted by our, our legal system, um, I think it's fine that they be sent back if they go through a legal process and the courts deem that their, their asylum claim is not legitimate, that they need to be sent back. I think that's absolutely okay, but we are not treating people with dignity and respect. And hence, for me, there's an opening to say to our government, we're not going to let them go to some detention center. We're going to try and protect them as a way of making a statement to our government that we need to do things better. Better. Um, uh -huh. There was a, a sign on a Lutheran church in Bellevue that speaks to this sort of attitude. It said, uh, let's make America kind again. Mm. And I think that is at the root of much of what we want to do as Lutherans is let's be nice to each other. Let's be nice to people who come to this country out of fear and um, frustration and, and, uh, and threat. Let's treat them. Kind of brings the question to my mind. You all, we also have a banner saying Jesus was a refugee on uh, the church here. And that's pretty controversial to some folks. Um, do you want to make any comments about that um, in the sense of treating the stranger and how we, and even from a historical perspective? Well, yeah, we have a sign. Uh, Jesus was a refugee. Uh, he was. He had to flee Herod and went down to Egypt. So Egypt received him, which is interesting that this country that is now Arabic <laughs> received a Jewish Jesus uh, uh -huh. and provided refuge for him when he was uh, fleeing Herod. Uh, but the person uh, who, people actually who object to our sign on the front of the church send us emails or phone, make phone calls and, and they're, they're angry phone calls, they're mm. frustrated phone calls. And it basically what's behind it I think is that you know this country of America is full. We have plenty of people and we don't need any more. And these people are breaking the law by coming in, and we're coddling them too much. Right. Uh, behind that, I think there's a sense of racism, too, here. Uh, these people don't look like us. They don't talk like us. They shouldn't be here. And that I really object to. I think God's community is much bigger than a nation, much bigger than a language, much bigger than some ethnic or racial group. Um, God's kingdom is inclusive, and so that causes us to... Um, be open to people of other cultures, languages, and ethnic groups. 
So I, I think mm. we have to really explore the roots of racism behind mm. this immigration um, issue in America. And, and scarcity, right? I mean, is, doesn't scarcity come into that? Like people are afraid we, we don't have enough. I, I think that's true, but even my friends who are conservative in their political philosophy know that we need more people demographically in mm -hmm. America to keep paying taxes to Social Security so we can retire. <laughs> I mean, but I'm that from, is such a socialist system. <laughs> I'm, from, I'm from the state of Minnesota, and I just read a headline from the paper that the state of Minnesota alone is looking to the next few years being short 290,000 workers. Mm -hmm. as the baby boomers retire. Oh, yes, That's just one elderly state. population. And so the care for the older, elderly. We actually need more workers. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting is both Republicans and Democrats, I think, agree that we don't want to have a demography like Japan. Japan is you know, not allowing really any immigration. No. And their population is so old that the younger people can't support them. We're lucky to have hardworking people coming into this country. We should celebrate them. Mm -hmm. My conservative friends who object to immigration as it stands don't really, most of them don't really object to Hispanic people coming and working hard. Mm -mm. They just said they should do it legally. legally. Yes, legally. And the big mm -hmm. issue here is our legislators don't create an immigration system that allows them to come here legally come. <laughs> let's get more people in we need workers mm. we need these people um, to keep our society moving forward mm -hmm. uh, so we've got to find a way so if that is the case if we need these workers and um, we can figure out a way to bring them in i think what's left is in, in opposition is people just don't want people of different language or ethnic background coming into this country. Well, I want to go back just to end a little bit on, because I thought it was really beautiful what you were saying about um, the whole point of this uh, referendum that you were talking about mm -hmm. was really about protecting the most vulnerable among us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if everybody looks at it in, in the light of, it, it's hard because there's this dichotomy of our society and what's going on and then your spiritual, inner spiritual, and I don't believe that anyone on any political spectrum, I don't feel like they have intentional um, hatred towards people. I do believe in the best in, in folks. And so just to turn your eye towards the most vulnerable and think about yeah. what if that was you um, and your family. And that, that, that's the case for both Republicans, Democrats, and Indians. Right, exactly. There is something we can gather around. I think the minority of people who object to immigration who are active Republicans or politically involved Democrats or independents are not racist. I really believe mm -hmm. they just want things done appropriately, done things done correctly. And I think many people who are conservative politically celebrate hardworking people from many different ethnic yes. backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So that is our common point. We do respect hardworking people who want to make a contribution to our country. We just have to figure out how we can do that. And, and that leaves open the possibility for people who are at the foundational level of the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, to start speaking to our legislators and say, no, let's not denigrate people of other backgrounds. Let's celebrate them and find ways to make this happen. We need to put political pressure from the bottom up mm -hmm. um, in our society. So that's 
why with the sanctuary movement in ELCA, with that designation, that statement, it should be balanced with an effort to um, speak to our legislators to provide solutions uh, yes. from the bottom up. We shouldn't just see the sanctuary movement as an opposition to our government. We are the government. We, we are, are the government. So yes. We should, we Amen. Should, preach, preacher. We should, be, <laughs> we should be more involved with our government, making it the best possible government and country we can be. Help America be kind again. Mm -hmm. And that's um, what I fear with this sanctuary designation, that the world will see the Lutherans as simply oppositional. Um, mm. We should be also engaged with the world to make this a better place. Well, anything you want to add, Danielle, before we wrap? I would not want to end on any other note than that <laughs> okay. one. That's so perfect. Well, listeners, tell us what you think. Challenging Christianity Podcast at gmail.com on this topic or ask another question. And we really thank you for listening. Have a great day. Bye-bye.